Hey guys, how's it going? Back at it again with another episode of Black and, and Yellow. <laughs> and today we've got a really, really special guest. Someone that is not only just a guest, but a dear friend to me. Go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Anthony. Uh, I've been friends with Sean and Khalil here for quite some time. But no, and- no, fuck that. You're not just Anthony. Tell them who you really are. I am a dubstep producer. I go by the name Cosmonaut, and I've been doing music for about four years now. So I'm okay. happy to be here. Happy to be so here. So with a little bit of background on our DJ, we're going to get into a bit of uh, personal relations with Anthony. We're going to dive into some airports. We're going to get more into the music, on the influence. But we're also going to dive into also memories and maps and kind of toy around with... His background. Exactly. And... Oh, we also have a bit of political things we're going to talk into, but yeah. we'll get into that later. So, so is a very dynamic person, you know, so we're going to touch on a lot of different perspectives out of him, his influence in the music world, and what he thinks about it. So, you guys heard him. His name's Cosmonaut. He's a DJ. He's been producing for about four years. Let's start off simple. Like, how, how did you start producing? Who were your biggest influencers within that as well? So, I started producing pretty much going over YouTube tutorials, looking into kind of what I wanted as a sound. Uh, I originally started doing trance music, which was really different from what I make now, which is dubstep. So, two completely <laughs> different. Yeah, like, I don't really like the broadcast that I made trance. But I did. Mm-hmm. That was a period of time. Everybody has that. Was that. The start off. Exactly. exactly. What was it about trance? Was it because, you know, some people like the melodic melody, some people like the drums of trance, because trance is a little bit higher BPM than uh, some of the EDM music people would say. So yeah. what was it about trance that attracted you to it? The main thing about trance was the complexity of the music of that mm-hmm. trance is. Trance is more than um, dubstep. It's not like easy to make, but dubstep is more simple to make than okay. trances, and I was really intrigued by how different and complex trance was and how you can get into a track and not only work with the melodies and the drums, but a lot of trance tunes make vocals too. Okay. Um, a lot of female vocals, a lot of male vocals, and it's really fun to work with those. So, so. as far as an artist in trance... What kind of what artist inspired you to like start making the trance and, uh, then, and then make that shift more so into dubstep? Or was it more personable, like you felt like it was easier and more fun to make dubstep, so you just kind of cut the trance wire? I kind of I didn't really have a big influence that had that bridge between trance and dubstep. Like you said, it was kind of more of a personal thing. Okay. I kind of just got tired of trance yeah, yeah. and then just looked at the <laughs> dubstep and then you know did the switch. Yeah. But if I had to pick a, an influence from trance, probably either Armin van Buren or guys like uh, Orjan Nielsen, mm-hmm. this dude from Norway. Not a lot of people know about him, but those were two of my favorite favorite guys. Yeah. Would you say as far as like the layouts, if you're looking at like, we'll, we'll just say FL for instance, would you say the staggeration of your synths is very similar to rhythm in a sense? Because rhythm uses vocals and similar BPM, I wouldn't say the exact same BPM because rhythm is 140 obviously, right, but right. like, would you say the layout is very similar to rhythm? Yeah, it is actually. A lot of... A lot of trance projects that I have, if I open them up and I place them side by side with my dubstep ones, they look 
pretty similar. Mm -hmm. um, the only main difference that you have between trance and dubstep is a lot of mastering is different. Mm -hmm. um, with trance, you have to go a lot more into detail because there's yeah. a lot more to pick out. Um, if you hear in trance, there's a lot more background atmosphere sounds. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear like um, like a crystal drift kind of. You hear mm -hmm. like a chandelier kind of clinking against each other. Kind of like magical type. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So when you're mastering that, you have to kind of pinpoint each sound that Ooh. it bounces off of yeah and it just becomes super detailed and super you know like complex mm -hmm. whereas rhythm Seriously. it's completely different yeah. there's a lot of simplicity with rhythm so it's mastering might take you an hour with rhythm where it might take you six hours with trance mm -hmm. so that's really the only main difference mm -hmm. so let's dive into that rhythm a little bit let's do it let's do so it for the people that don't know Rhythm? What is, is rhythm? Yeah, rhythm. Let's <laughs> rhythm, I mean, there's so many. I mean, I know you know this too. There's so many different ways you can classify rhythm. I mean, a lot of people will, will put rhythm and dubstep in the same category together. Yeah. But I like to separate them because they're different. <laughs> rhythm is more, um, you're, you're getting the synths, you're getting repeated synths, you're getting repeated patterns. Whereas dubstep, um, you're getting guys like, I don't know, for example, somebody like Bear Grylls or Barely Alive. Those kind of guys, they make, you know, louder sounds. So, yeah, 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 exactly. The big names. Yeah, yeah. The big name guys, I say, would make dubstep. The smaller name guys would make rhythm. That's mm -hmm. kind of how I would I would make it more of underground. Mm -hmm. kind of. Who's like the biggest name in rhythm, you would say? Like regardless of like the music he's putting out for that sound who do you think's the biggest oh man that's a good question if i had to say for the sound of rhythm what, that person that has that i would say like somebody like help seven help seven help seven subfiltronic um all the og guys mm -hmm. that used to make dubstep back in the uk so like all like, the monsters basically exactly and like a few savage yeah you know, a few like, savage yeah a few, few, savage. few. but um yeah like like you're talking about there's this collective for the people that don't know um that's called monsters and they're a group of eight guys in the United Kingdom, uh, primarily in the United Kingdom. There's some in the Netherlands, but um, they are under one collective of rhythm. And these guys have been making music since like before I even got into it. And wow. their sound is so pioneered that people that are starting now are starting to take those sounds and make them theirs. So is it is in in the music game of dubstep? Is it is there any type of copying being done? Do you see at all? Like, do people copy sounds or like try to tweak someone's sound? that someone has already made and added into their own and claim it as theirs? Yes. Okay. I do see that a lot. And it's becoming more apparent, I think, now mm -hmm. than ever before because a lot of producers are starting to sell their own sample packs. Yeah. So what's mm -hmm. happening is there'll be a big producer who will they'll make a sample pack, he'll sell it, and then people will get those sounds and then they'll make their own music. So there's a lot of influences on guys who create those sample packs to the people that now make their own music mm -hmm. because they're getting influenced by those sample packs. And then those people kind of use it as a tool to tweak their own and make their own sound by using someone else's sample. Right, right. So for example, if, you make a, if you're a big name producer and you make a sample pack, everybody's going to want to go out and buy yeah. that because they want to sound like you. But it's gotten to the point now where it's, it's all Everyone. sounding the same. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, Dude, just, yeah. it's just insane, right? You know, like how much... You'll go on SoundCloud now and you, you try to find dip, like originality in tunes. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's really hard to find. It's repetitive right or whatnot. Yeah. Okay. It's really hard to find. Yeah, everyone's sounding like a Nimba. And in fact, and yeah. it's just like you, there's no variety within it anymore. At all. Yeah. And what do you think comes with that? Like, you see all these sample packs and you see, like, like Stein obviously is not a producer who hides what he sells. I would say he's one of the first big ones that, like, literally went into SoundCloud and said dubs for sale. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. he's one of the first people to, like, 
push his tunes in a non, I would say, professional way. You know, he doesn't do it through iTunes or GarageBand or whatever. Right. So, like, why why do you think drama follows that? You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, that's a really good question. I think that the drama follows something like selling your, your dubstep tunes on Facebook or saying I'm selling this music. I think the drama follows that because people get a hold of that stuff mm-hmm. and then they'll resell it. Mm-hmm. And that's become yeah. a problem. And they'll so, retweak it to their own sound right. and then resell it, even though the base structure of it was someone else's tune, right. basically. Exactly. And that's that's, that's the crazy. unfortunate part is is there's a lot of scamming going on right now. There's a lot of, you know, under under the closed doors, you know, there's stuff uh, that happens and a lot of people are getting these these synths and these tracks and then they're reselling them for more money. Mm-hmm. And it's not even theirs. Yeah. It's it's somebody else's. So it's 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 unfortunate that it happens, but there's no controlling. We it. like we saw that recently with the the Flix Yasuo remix. Yes. And, uh, who, I forgot who the other guy was. It but was like, low key, and I believe it was a Nympha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sounded almost exactly the same, dude. I mean, like you can't you can't argue against no. that, dude. They sounded exactly the no. same. No, and that's man. the beauty about music is you can literally put one track next to another, mm-hmm. and there's evidence right there. Mm-hmm. It's literally yeah. you can hear the evidence. It's like you know, it's, it's like uh, what's it called when you get caught in English class? Plagiarism. Plagiarism. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like it literally is. I mean, it sounds like it, but like as far as it's like musicism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there we go. Word of the day. Word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> all right so selling your tunes isn't the only drama that comes with rhythm can you talk a little bit about this whole thing with like datsik and we'll just say like everyone under firepower record is under the heat literally under fire right under fire yeah exactly so what like okay so let's just lay out the basics like what happened so from from this is all from what i've been hearing um so what happened was Datsik, he's this, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know he's a very prominent big name DJ. Mm-hmm. He's been in the scene since like 2009. Yeah. He recently came, got caught with sexual allegations, um, with sexual abuse from a lot of the shows that he's been playing around the United States. There was one instance where I saw he had backstage passes that he would give to girls. On the passes themselves, he wrote the word Tulsa. Yeah. And if you look in the mirror, when you have a backstage pass that says Tulsa on it, backwards that reads A slut. so these girls were literally looking in the mirror they're like what the hell like why does that say a slut so stuff like that uh shady stuff um there was i mean again these are all just allegations i i don't know whether they're true or not but i've been hearing things that he would take you know girls that came into his tour bus you know behind the bus and you know god knows what he's doing but um but yeah so really unfortunate stuff there because he you know he was one of the big yeah, first I mean, pioneers. I grew up listening to him right. and like uh, there's like a crazy ass song I don't know I Can't think it's probably no, it's the firepower song yeah. oh Swagga yeah. Swagga Swagga's yeah. insane or, or there's yeah, I don't know I just know there's a couple songs from him I even want to see him live he was so raw but yeah I mean, knowing he, what he did that's crazy yeah it really is unfortunate because you know you, you think like these big name guys are you know immune to something like that yeah. happening but mm-hmm. nobody's immune they to it they were egging it on to songs like exactly that. and I mean you know, since this has happened, he's been dropped by Firepower, which yeah. is his own label. Yeah. He created that <laughs> label, so like but taken over by his girlfriend, yes. though, which is kind of weird. Yes, that is super weird. Kind of weird. Super yeah. weird. Um, yeah, he's been dropped by Firepower. Girlfriend's picked up the label. <laughs> he was taken off the EDC lineup almost immediately. He canceled everything. Everything. Right? Yeah, his his yeah, whole tour. A lot of guys were pulling off the tour um, that were on it. They pulled off, saying, "I don't want to condone any of this. Yeah. I don't want to be here." 
clearing their name from that trouble, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd say in about 24 hours, this guy's career was completely destroyed. Yeah. Like, done. In 24 hours, yeah. done. Could he change his name or no? I, honestly, at this point, it, it's it's it so matter. far gone. Him he, as a person has done so. Oh, yeah. And he came out with this apology, <laughs> and I'm just going to say it straight up. The apology was was BS. Yeah, uh, he started it with yo. Yeah. <laughs> when you start an apology, like an official apology with the words yo, like, <laughs> like, and you say things that you're like a vibe reader is what yeah, he said. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just, yeah, a bunch a of vibe BS. reader. That's what he said, yeah. He said he was a vibe reader. Well, you can't, because yeah. I, I heard he tried to stand up for himself, but it was just as bad as the allegations. Yep. And That's so the I'll, thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, I think, vibe reader, you gotta present yourself well. Yeah, hashtag vibrator. <laughs> Just make it viral. But um, I think when you're doing something like, if you're apologizing for something that serious, I think you need to have something a little more formal. You need to put that it. shit through grammar real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Get yourself an editor. Yeah, like, exactly. Hire himself a fucking lawyer. Yeah, that wasn't the brightest move. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what's going on at this point. Um, like I, I've been seeing, you know, he he put his Twitter on private. He put his Instagram on Everything. private. Literally, he's just backtracking. Yeah. So it's get, it's getting to the point it's now. Like, what'd you do? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what's going on with him. So. Why do you think there's like, dude, like this genre of music? You know, there's I don't like, know, so many man. low lives. No, I mean like the there's good ones out there. Yeah. You guys know who you are, but like, why do you think that? Like this this genre of music just attracts like. It really does. That's, like, <laughs> that's the really interesting yeah. part. You bring up an excellent point because there's a lot. I mean, like, I'm not saying this is the con- general consensus, but there's a lot of people within dubstep that just, they're doing weird things. They're, they're going in a really strange direction. You want to show some details on these well, things? I, I don't, I, just the way they, they, they conduct themselves. I mean, when you go out and you try to present yourself to a fan base, yeah. in my opinion, you I think we'd want to do it like, professionally yeah. or at least utmost yeah best, like, best presentation right exactly best presentation with with what you say what you do i mean this is this is people that are <laughs> this is people that are, are they're wanting to listen to you and they're trying to you know listen to you as a yeah that's good oh we're good. <laughs> awesome. Quick phone call, you know. We'll be right back after this commercial. Break. Yeah. <laughs> it was the intern. It was the intern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, get the hell out of here. God damn. Yeah, you're fired, Daniel. You're fired. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Yeah. That was his last day ever. Shit. Sorry about that, guys. No, um, you can't have pizza. <laughs> Sorry about that disruption, yeah, Daniel. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like we were saying, though. At your utmost professional, you want to be presenting yourself to the fan base right, yeah. as best as you can. I mean, and I see these guys, you know, they'll they'll post things and they'll, you know, sell their, they're selling their music for, you know, unreleased stuff that they're making. And it's just like, I don't know why you would want to broad that, broadcast that about yourself. And mm-hmm. it just seems like a different way that I would do it. But I'm not saying it's wrong or whoever's doing it is a bad person. I'm just saying it's just something I personally would yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Because, uh, like, technically you are, you know, like, I know you don't like to consider it work because you do this for fun, but you know you are working and True. you are promoting a business and you're marketing. And yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want people to, like, you know, you have a fan base. Like, I've been to your shows, people literally wear t-shirts with your name on them, you know, nah, and if you nah. were just like, fuck you, kid, <laughs> you know, that would destroy yeah. them inside. Nah. That's, like, the most fucking fucked up thing to do to someone who looks up to you, or, like, yeah. listens to you, you That's know? the thing, like, with, with somebody that comes to any of my shows, whether they, they come for five minutes or say the whole thing, I take that as something that, like, 
that really means a lot to they me. They made the effort to plan for that yeah. night to go in the car and actually show up exactly. to, to pay money for the show. Exactly. They like, did steps a process. Eight. Right, right. It's not something you wake up and be like, oh, I need to go here, like, unless you've planned for it. But, like, that's something that you look forward to and you plan for, so. Right, yeah. It's just, it's it's a process. They did A, B, and C, and the end result was they wanted to come see me play. And, like, yeah. I find that, like, that means a lot to me. I don't, I... Like, I never thought when I first started making music I would even have people that would want to so, come to my shows. So, so. I'm going to take the assumption that, like, the girls, the drugs, and, like, you know, obviously the money, that wasn't, like, the number one reason to join the music. It was more influential on learning music, learning the dubstep, and then presenting it in a way as best you can. Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah, when I first started this, it was literally just me messing around in my room with music on sh- two shitty blown speakers that I had. Like, literally, my setup was, like, the worst setup. And I was having a blast doing it, and, like, That's I just awesome. took it from there, you know? Yeah. Like, none of this... I never, ever... To this day, I've never sold any of my music. Like, I don't ever plan on doing that. Like, for me, this is just personal gain, literally. Damn. Like, personal gain. Yeah. Damn. And we'll, we'll definitely have a link under for... Oh, yeah, <laughs> so you can check out Cosmo Notes Music. But... We talked a little bit about Cosmonaut, but let's talk about Anthony. So Who's what, Anthony? Who's who, yeah, this guy? Who is Anthony? <laughs> so what else do you do? What is your, your alter ego? My alter ego, I guess so. <laughs> so dubs up by night, I'm airports by day. Damn. Um, <laughs> Anthony. Hey, you got to shout out the airline though, so people know you're cool. Though. Shout out Alaska Airlines. Yeah, there it is. Not <laughs> United. Not United. Not American. Yeah, shout out. Shout out the no. Eskimo. <laughs> <laughs> True, true. He's right, dude. Anthony, what's going down in the airport? What is going down? Every day you see something new. Every day at the airport, it's 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 such an experience. I think working for an airline because you see just every type of person on (laughs) literally like you coming in contact with the top businessmen. At a company, and you're also coming in contact with this guy that hasn't left his house in two weeks. <laughs> like you're literally two like, weeks or two years. You never know, depending on right. what he does for a living. And you have to you have to communicate with these people. You have yeah. to tell them. You have to direct them where to go. Keep them calm. You have to keep them calm. Exactly. Like you are working with people, and that's what I, I love to do. That yeah. I love. So tell us what you do. Like, what is your official title? My official title is a customer service agent. So literally, exactly what it sounds is what I do. I, I'm serving customers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just running around the airport trying to make sure the flights go out on time and people are happy. It's okay, so like you don't good. just do that though. So if someone comes off of a flight and it's delayed, oh who the man, fuck oh, do they man. yell at? First, I get a little anxiety attack. That's, yeah. my, that's what's first step attack is because that's just never a fun Because this is the rush aspect of your job, yes. right? Yeah, this is where like shit hits the fan and it gets crazy. Um, but yeah, if it's a delay, um, if it's more than four hours, technically I'm supposed to now give the person compensation i have to help them out vouchers yeah yeah vouchers whether it be food or hotels but what my job tells me to do is whatever it takes to take care of them because you're you have to reconnect them right right right. so it basically lands on if it was anything to do with us as an airline it then falls on our fault Mm -hmm. then it becomes our fault and now we are responsible for a person as a person yeah now i am now responsible for helping this person getting them where they need to be giving them lodging giving them food if it was weather 
and how we like to say, like, if it was due to Mother Nature, we can't control that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in that case, they're on their own. Yeah. Which so, makes sense. Which so makes then, sense. Yeah. So, then what, so let's say it snowed out there's and all flights are canceled. There's literally nothing you can do. At like, that point, I... I like, it's I'm, like life or death. It's like you could stay here or you could die in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hundreds of people. <laughs> right. And, and then the unfortunate part is, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. It's hard to explain to somebody... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do at this point. Yeah. Like, that is the hardest thing for me to say you're, to somebody. You're like, the one they can yell at, so you know they yeah. have to let loose a little bit. Right, right. And I, it, it happens, and, like, I've told myself this many times. They're not yelling at me. They're yelling at the company, and I'm just the person wearing the tie. Like, I'm just the person wearing the tie. I'm just the person wearing the Eskimo on my shirt. Like, that's literally the – that's it. Like, <laughs> so, so what would some be? What would some of the highs be then working at the airline? Like, what would like your favorite part be? None, like forgetting about all the bad part, like all the yelling, all the frustration people have on you. What are like? What's a good story that you've had that like is like something that that makes you feel good for working for the company? I think my favorite one. Uh, this is when I was at SFO. I used I used to work at that airport and. There was, you're, not, you're not there anymore? No, right now I'm at, I'm at the San Jose airport. So. I know, I know, right? My gas <laughs> bill, I'm so much happier. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a new guy at that airport. <laughs> That's good. But SFO is notorious for, like, when shit hits the fan there, it gets bad. Like, yeah. it's just a crazy airport, and it's just a madhouse. So there was this one night, um, it was, like, I think almost midnight. These three ladies come in, and they're all frantic, and they're trying to check in for their flight. And their flight left three hours ago. Damn. Like, Damn. Their flight left three hours ago. Like, they're so late. Um, they're like, I know we're late, but our car got broken into. It got st- Everything was stolen. Um, we parked in Oakland, okay. in downtown Oakland, and they left the windows down. Oh, I was just like, guys, in my head, I was like, okay, you guys are idiots, first off. But I didn't say that. Um, you I felt that. Though. I felt that, yeah. <laughs> so um, I tell them. I'm just like, hey, I'm um, sorry, guys, but your flight left three hours ago, and that was the last one tonight. Like, <laughs> like you're you're done. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, these three ladies just they start cussing at me. You know, every the words out of their mouth, fuck you, fuck you. Like, you you made us do this. Like, and I, you know, as much as I want to say something back, I have to remember that I I am working for this company. You have the I, responsibility I, yeah. of the company's mission right. statement. Yeah, I don't want to put this company under any scrutiny because you know it's 2018 everything you say everything. Is, everything you say is under some kind of viral like it straight up you could be the next person on facebook you know <laughs> like like and i'm not trying to go viral on facebook <laughs> like i'm sorry unless it's for the music exactly exactly <laughs> unless it's something to do with not with alaska but um they were pissed off and i told them they kept cussing at me and i said okay i understand your frustration but we need to get past this. We need to. I need to get you on a flight. I need to take care of you. So the quicker you understand that, and the quicker you calm down, the quicker I can help you. Hello. If you're gonna keep yelling and you're gonna keep cussing at me, I'm not gonna be able to help you out. Like you're just stuck on getting yelled at. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I told them I, we gotta just focus on that. Put everything else behind. Okay, it's done with. You made it. You're late. Like whatever. We need to do this. What can we do right now? Yeah. Exactly. What can we do right now? Yeah. So finally, like, the other two walk away because they're heated. One stays with me at the counter, and I'm trying to talk to her, like, okay, like, I'm sorry, but let me help you. Like, just stay calm with me. Be patient with me, and I promise I'll help you out. took me, like, three hours. Like, it was a long time. (laughs) Like, I was with these girls for a really long time. I ended up getting them on a flight on a different airline. Mm -hmm. Um, They were going to Seattle, and I got them on United um, (laughs) the same night. 
I know shitty they had to go on United. That sucks. I'm like, I'm sorry. But I got them. Same night. Same night. I got them home within, I think they were home at like 6 a.m. by that time. So they got to make work. Yeah, they were able to make work. It wasn't like they missed anything. Um, I gave them like each $200 voucher for a future Alaska flight. At the very Damn. yeah 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 so that's six hundred dollars Alaska yeah back. like just, just writing checks just literally Damn. check 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 done like done <laughs> check, check, check. gave him food vouchers even though it was like three o'clock in the morning I was like there's got to be something open in this airport just go find it like buy something <laughs> buy something on us get something to eat hell yeah finally after everything was done like from these three ladies call me like cunt bitch like they're yelling at me. They gave me a hug at the end. Damn. I got a hug at All the three end. Of All three of them gave me a Sweet hug hugs. at the end. And that, like, right there was like, okay, I did, I changed something. Yeah. I did something with their, you know, their emotions, and I was able to, like... Did they apologize? They did, yeah. They all said that we were sorry, like, you did such a great job helping us. You took three hours out of your time. Like, I had to stay late. Like, I could have went home that night. But you I transferred stayed. that problem to someone else. Exactly. Yeah. I could have told somebody else, like, this is, you fix this. But I, like, stayed <laughs> late and... I fixed it, so like it made yeah. me feel good. Like I was able to make them happy and, and uh, excuse me, send them on their way. That's an so, incredible story. It was fun. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a challenge, and I thought that when I was doing this, I was like, "This is just teaching me." Like, this is a challenge, but I enjoy challenges, yeah, yeah. and I want to push this. I want to see how far I can I make this a challenge, so I can take it down the route. Take it down the route. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. So why why airlines? Why did you get this job to begin with? I've always loved airplanes and being around airports. My dad and I, ever since I was like seven, we do every summer a different baseball trip to Mm -hmm. a different baseball stadium. So ever since I was little, my dad exposed me to airports. And I think the part that I enjoy most about them is you're literally looking at everybody going somewhere. Wherever you're looking at, they're going on an adventure somewhere. I mean, granted, some people for funerals, some people go for (laughs) things that suck. Some people go to things that are terrible. But for the most part, people that are at airports are going on some kind of trip. And I think that's cool. Like, I want to know, like, why are you going to Columbus, Ohio? Like, why are you going to Key West, Florida? Because there's someone going there right now. Right. Yeah. I find that just so interesting that there's routes from cities because people want to go to that city when you wouldn't even think, like, Columbus, what the hell is there to do there? There's like people trying to go all to some place. Yeah. All different places, 50 people here, there, there. Right. Just the most random cities people are trying to get to, and you don't know why, but there's obviously a reason for each one of these cities why there's such a demand. And I I just think that's so cool and so interesting. So Is that come in unison with your – because I know you love geography and I know you love maps. So that just goes fucking hand Hand in hand. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love – like I'll picture a map in my head and like, all right – San Jose to Oklahoma. What what's the route? Like, why are they going there? What's the importance? Damn. You know, like it's not even the destination itself. Like, you don't care like what's going on in Oklahoma. You just like the route. The route, it. yeah. Like, I think capacity planning is the most interesting thing. And yeah, I've been trying. Capacity planning is is literally why San Jose flies to Hawaii. Why is that? Mm. Is there's a demand? There's a transportation yeah. demand. There's a tourism demand. I mean, why do we do that? And that's what I've actually been taking a course at my job mm-hmm. to train in capacity planning because I, I really want to dive more into that within my, my company. It's like yeah. another concept of flight aviation. Exactly. Sort of service right. that you need to learn. And it was really cool. Yeah. Um, two months ago, I went to my company meeting in Boise, Idaho, and I was actually able to talk to the director of capacity planning for Alaska Airlines. Dang. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. His name was John Kirby. Super nice guy. Shout out, John. Shout out, John Kirby. Guy <laughs> is such a really cool guy. He explained to me just like 
all the routes and, and what goes into planning and, and it was yeah. really, really eye opening. So I found that really cool. Really cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny how you bring up uh, like the airplanes and then you were always going. Cause when I was little, I always, my first moment of excitement was right when I got out of the car at the airport and I had to say bye to people because I always felt like, dang, they have to go home. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm gonna like, go somewhere. Yeah, I'm in that security yeah, like, line. I'm going on a trip. Like, I don't even care if I'm in line for somewhere. You know, like at the airport, I'm like, yo, dude, like we're all gonna go somewhere I'm soon. Gone. Yeah, like, like we're about to be in the air. Like, yeah. like I was gonna ask you, like when you went to South America, like being able to go to the airport, and know that your final destination is yeah. so sick. Like you're so stoked. What was that like? Bro, like, like it was so trippy because like I went to first, I went to Dallas, and uh-huh. then I went. To, to Chile but like my flight to Dallas was like it felt so business like that when I got onto the transfer for Chile it was it, the whole environment changed like no one was speaking English in the airport and we were still in Dallas you know so like we're still in the terminal we're still sitting in the plane but everyone's already speaking Chilean everyone's uh, speaking Spanish straight my, Gabe's dad was like oh see that that's a Chilean family you could tell in his nose and Gabe was like he's like English ends here, you know, and I was oh, <laughs> like straight up, <laughs> yeah. Right, like, when, right when we were inside, they didn't give any instructions in English. Everything was in Spanish. Right. And I was like, bruh, are they telling me to do my face mask or are they? <laughs> <doing> <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know. Telling like, me to do my fucking my life jacket. Like, what are we talking about? And he's like, you should have stayed in practice, or you should have learned Spanish. And I was like, I felt hella stupid because I didn't, I didn't even know they were saying the damn airport, but. Well, I mean, luckily there was like another English version after the Spanish version, but I mean, it was just trippy from flying in other airplanes in America to flying to my first airplane down to South America. It was like a whole different vibe, you know, and mm-hmm. even the international airplane was like a lot bigger, a lot more space. It was like colorful inside. I don't know. It was like, it was sick, but <laughs> I mean, what, what's, what's, what's so crazy is like, for you, you're going on a trip to Chile. For yeah. them, they might be going home. Exactly. Like, that's just reverse roles, exactly. you know? Like, and that's just crazy thinking, like, you might be going one direction and they're going another way. And that's yeah. what's just really interesting about route, like, that whole routing and everything. So, that's that's cool. Dang. Did you have a, did you huh. have a point? or No, I'm just taking it all. Because, <laughs> like, I, I was thinking about some of the memories of when I traveled and, like, for me, like, I always fly. It's always in the morning for some reason. Yeah, I don't think I've ever best. taken a night flight. The best. Yeah. They, are, they are the best. Yeah. So, you know, like, I, I was thinking about the whole day. Like, you know when you, like, fall asleep the night before and you literally can't sleep? I can't sleep. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. You, like, wake up. You're, like, actually dressed and ready. And you're like, oh, are you? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Go back to exactly. sleep. <laughs> you're about to go on a trip in your favorite rocket ship. You're like, I'm so sick. <laughs> you just pull out a little ice yeah. theme song. Cue the music. <laughs> rest in peace, Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> so along with that i know something that's very important to you is sports man yes sports where yes. does that come from that dude? was my dad that was 100 percent when i was little um going to baseball games my first game was at uh wrigley field in chicago um one of the oldest baseball stadiums in baseball yeah. so like right so there true. yeah yeah being in the history of baseball up, where yeah. babe ruth played and i was like this is cool yeah. like i want to learn more about baseball game. yeah yeah so i just from ages six till now i've just 
love the sport. Um, not only baseball, but I love hockey. I love basketball. I mean, pretty much the only sport I can't watch is I can't sit and watch a NASCAR match. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I just I cannot sit and I watch agree. NASCAR. Yeah. What about curling? Though? Like, uh, curling? Yeah. Only, only uh, Norway. Only because yeah. they got the pants. They got those little pants. <laughs> curling this year was lit. It was. Yeah. It was, was pretty, nice. I actually watched like three episodes. I did too. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, it was, <laughs> I used to clown on it. I ain't go, like, Bro, but why did Russia dope? For curling, oh, that makes no sense. They dope for everything. Everything. It's, Russia. It's, it's so bad. They need to be strong yeah. in everything. <laughs> Chess, bro. Like, <laughs> they break the board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving streets. They use actual stone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they man. have to carve. To carve. <laughs> dude, but dude, when I found out curling that they use pebbled ice, that changed everything. It changed the whole game. Yeah, literally. Like, like, I didn't know. Like I was, I just thought they were sliding a rock across some smooth ice, but like I was like, that's why they scrub it. And this was the first year I think since like. I think of the Winter Games in '98 that United States upset Canada and won the gold for curling. Damn. So yeah. shout out USA, we won the gold Dude, for nice uh, mustaches. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Did you guys see the photo of them? They looked like fathers. They, they like did, dads. yeah. They look like a hello American. They probably American. are, dude. Probably one of their daughters goes to our school or something. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of the uh, Nigerian? Sled team. Yo. Did they come up? They I qualified? I don't think they made it, though. I heard there was a controversy with, not maybe not in Nigeria, but one of the teams had to bail out. Like, the, the captain quit or something. Oh, right? I didn't hear about that. No, I didn't hear. Damn. Yeah. That's I think crazy. It was, like, there was like a, it was like an Ethiopian team. I don't know. If, For bobsleigh? Or? Dang, was that yeah. cool running one or two? Well, I thought it was going <laughs> yeah. yeah, part two. I was thinking of that, but I heard that one of them, like, they bailed out, like, last minute. Like, the whole team or the team coach or something. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there was a lot of countries, I think, that qualified for this year's bobsleigh, which was more than they ever had. Yeah. Like, there, I think there was, like, seven countries that made their debut I've seen a lot year. of advertising on the bobsled specifically. Yeah. So. I'm pretty sure, like, um, Samoa. Like oh, Island Nations man. made Dang, their first, Polynesia. yeah, they made their first appearance. They have ice? That's what I'm saying. That's, That's, I was like, <laughs> where, where do you practice? Like, <laughs> they can't go to Hawaii either. Like. Some actually, they uh, they flew to Australia actually, and they did a lot of training in Australia. Oh, that um, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of island countries uh, came out and had their first time at the Olympics this That's year. So, so yeah, shout out the islands. Yeah, dude. seriously, dude. And then that snowboarder girl that like finessed her way. Was it snowboarder skiing? The Asian girl, right? What a snowboarder? Yeah, what, from Japan. She like finessed her way to the top and like only did like three yeah, skiing there matches was, or something and did the most horrible run. Oh, it ever. was it was crazy. It was this one chick. Um, she's originally from the United States. Her grandmother was born in Hungary. So if your grandmother is born or one of your relatives mm-hmm. is born in another country, you automatically can qualify to participate for that country. Because of that, Hungary has no snowboarders. So Damn. she instantly became their top snowboarder. And <laughs> because of that, she figured, okay, I'll just finesse the system. I'll go to every snowboarding competition in Europe. And because I'm Hungary's only snowboarder, I'll automatically qualify. Damn. So she did. She was a terrible snowboarder. I don't know if you saw her trial runs, but they're literally, she just went up the pipe, down, up, down. Literally did no, no tricks, no nothing. Grabs, nothing. No. Nope. All she wanted to do was qualify for the Olympics. That was her main goal. She just wanted to play for the Olympics, and she did it. And then nothing. Like <laughs> so, literally, she did her goal, and I give her credit. Like that's awesome. I mean, I'm pretty sure you get a participation. Yeah. Get a little ribbon. They, they have to. Yeah, they have to. Ribbon lace with gold. <laughs> yeah, like so. If you ever want to finesse the uh, IOC, the Olympic Committee, go for Find it. Find out like, who your grandparents yeah, are. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> right. Um, 
No, Ancestry.com, that thing. Yeah. Where am I participating? Like, like, <laughs> no, dude. Africans are hella good skiers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, that was that was really interesting. I'd never heard of something like that before. And like props to her for thinking outside the box, honestly. Mm. Like that was that was cool. That's cool. So Anthony, I, I kind of wanted to take I wanted to go back into the music. I just had one I had like yeah, yeah. two questions. Like I just wanted to know when the next show is. So right now there I don't have anything confirmed yet. Okay. Um, I work with um, this guy David Berger. Shout out David Clone. Like D exactly. That guy's so cool. Um, he helps me get a lot of shows with immortal events. Okay. Um, so yeah, like nothing's confirmed yet, but um, I mean it is winter right now. Yeah, so. yeah. Right now it's like kind of dead season before yeah, yeah. festival season. Um, Springtime, summertime, usually things start popping off. Exactly, okay. exactly. That's the main, main time. So he's been telling me they got stuff planned in Santa Cruz and... Just um, nothing's confirmed. Yeah, nothing yet. Full confirmation. Right, right. Okay. Nothing yet. But I mean, as soon as I find something out, um, definitely push it more. And, yeah. and hopefully something around the Bay Area would be cool. Definitely. So, yeah. And, and then I was wondering, like, what would your biggest dream show be? Then? Man, that's an excellent question. Biggest dream show. Honestly, I would love, love to play in Australia. Australia, Damn. Australia is right now like one of the meccas for dubstep. Um, I've been seeing that too. Really yeah, recently. Like, yeah, it's it's really becoming to be a really big place for um, a lot of underground producers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Montreal and Australia are probably, wouldn't you say, probably yeah. the top I mean, two? Dude, you wouldn't throw like a rampage in there? Oh yeah, I forgot about rampage. Dude. Wow, yeah, it's in Belgium. <laughs> it's literally the EDC of dubstep yeah. in, in Belgium, in Europe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Opened. <laughs> the shivers opened. Yeah, like, like my favorite damn. DJ in the world opened this event. Opened. If you can open it, like who I mean, else was on the who headlined? Headline was these guys called Noisia, and Noisia oh. are OGs. Yeah. Like yeah. they are drum and bass. It's like legends. 2008. Yeah, 2009. you got like Flux Pavilion playing. Damn. You have like. Rusko, Caspa, Damn. Club was there. Skepta was there. Yeah, Skepta. <laughs> I thought I haven't heard. I'm, I mean, because I grew up listening to Rusko. You know, yeah, you Kasta. know Rusko. Yeah, Kasta. yeah. 16-bit. Like, <laughs> was there a guy named Swagger? Yeah. There was, there, yeah. I, mean, I don't know Swag- if he was there. There was Kraga. Kraga, that's Kraga, the guy. Yeah, Kraga was an old school name. But yeah, I would say probably either between Rampage or Australia would be two really cool places. That's rad. Those are big aspirations right there. Yeah. Those are other countries. Like, that's outside of EDC America right there. EDC would be cool too, but the thing about EDC is what I've been seeing, just for the, the music that I make, mm-hmm. is EDC is a lot of mainstream. And yeah, mainline. definitely. What you want in mainline music is what EDC will give you. That's I mean, why I refuse to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to pay 700, 800 bucks to listen to one artist I might like, you know? like yeah. Sausage in with, like, a bunch of sardines, like, chill. Yeah, <laughs> no, in 110 degree weather, <laughs> like, dying of heat. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sorry, I mean, I, well, if you want to go, like, whoever goes, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just my personal preference is I'd rather... You know, go to five dollar underground show. And yeah, kick it with your homies and straight up meet people that you also enjoy the music and other people who haven't heard you, but like then they do, and then they're like fucking stoked. Yeah, to to find you. And yeah, exactly. To I mean, I know Clue knows this too. I mean, how many ten dollar shows have you and I been to? That's just so much fun. Like we have way a- more fun than like when we drop like thirty or forty. Yeah, kind of the big events. Like, and it's way more intimate too. You get to meet the artists and talk to them and like understand how they mix and like how they develop their music. The biggest thing is like what software. I don't think we talked about that. Like what software do you use? I use um FL11 and 12. And is that Fruity Loops? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I use Fruity Loops and I took a class on Logic Pro. 
Um, and I also use Reason a little bit. But I haven't used Reason in a while just because the um, the trial that I had ran out. It was a demo <laughs> like trial. A yeah, and Reason's a lot. Unless you can get a cracked version, but it's I haven't found a cracked version of Reason. So. so what's the difference between Fruity Loops and Logic then? Um, Fruity Loops and Logic is primarily just an OA-based software, so you can only use oh. it on Mac. Um, Damn. Yeah, you can only use Logic on Mac. You can only use FL on PCs. There is ways where you can have operating systems have both. both yeah. yeah, you can definitely do that. I have no idea. I'm not good yeah, with yeah. computers. I have no idea how to do that. But you can definitely do that. Um, the cool thing about Reason is you can use them on both. But the only downside about Reason is you have to be connected to Wi-Fi. You cannot oh, use you, can't do it you all. cannot use Reason unless you're connected to Wi-Fi. Yeah. So it's super that like it's super inconvenient when you're yeah, on a plane, yeah. you want to work on music on a bus, on a bus. Yeah. yeah. So that's super inconvenient, but. I do think you can make the coolest sounds in Reason. Mm -hmm. I think you can, you know, you can really mess around and make these gnarly synths that sound like, you know, robot getting skull fucked by like another robot. <laughs> like it literally is insane. Like so, yeah. Like that, that's where you get like that wet rhythms. Like, yeah. Like, wet wet synths you. Enjoy. Yeah, you get a lot more filter and like mm -hmm. a lot more. You can use reverb and like when you're EQing your synths. Yeah, like you can just dive in so much more with Reason. I think that's than, crazy. Yeah. I haven't I haven't dove into any of those, but I mean I've I've actually my my boy downloaded Fruity Loops, but I didn't even know how to use like watch the Yeah, I was like, what interface is the like what button? I don't even know. I was Honestly, like, like the best way to, I think to get into a DAW, um, like one of the softwares, is YouTube tutorials. Straight like, up, that's literally just go on YouTube, type in like how to make a drum pattern in FL, and there's like 18 videos yeah. pop up, done, like super clear, super like. It'll just step-by-step step show you. And if that's, one video doesn't explain it, go to the next Yeah, one. yeah. I mean, that's, like, everything. That's how I learned to do, uh, like, I don't know how to do mastering that well, like, going over your tune, but I want to learn. So yeah. I went on a, on YouTube and just was typing in, like, how to master your track, how to finalize your last bits and pieces of what each you want. Each step, trying to mastering each, not mastering as far as music, but, like, trying to master each step. Right, Going over it yeah, and finalizing yeah, yeah. your tune and really making sure that everything you want in your track is exactly how you want it. Yeah. And that's something that I want to learn. So just going on YouTube, there's like, I'd say probably 10 channels dedicated to that. Shout out YouTube. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. But, so. <clears throat> so is there anything like that you would like to leave your audience with? Like we always like to end our podcast with a with a quote, with a question, quote or a question, yeah, like what question would you leave for the piece? Oh yeah, don't forget about the uh, quote, Stephen Hawking's. Oh man, yeah, we <laughs> talk about. <laughs> we got to talk about <laughs> Stephen Hawking, guys, dude. Uh, you, yeah, he's rest a legend. Offcast, rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. But we want to hear your quote. My quote? <laughs> can it be a question or can it be a quote? It or can be whatever you Whatever want you feel you need to lay the audience. Like, le like even it has nothing to do with what we were talking about. No. Yeah. Okay. okay. Because whatever that, that will be will help us roll into our next topic. Exactly. Okay. So I got it. I got it. So I think, okay, here's my question. Of all the empires and civilizations on this planet that have ever happened in history, which would you like to live in? If you could pick any of them, so any which of the timeline, timeline, like like generation. consider like Mongol Empire, Ottoman Empire, Mesopotamia, exactly, like kind of stuff like that. Like one time period in history, excluding the time period that we're in right now, what would be your preferred one? Like, what, what would, you, would you say excluding our time period up to up until the eighties, nineties, or two thousands, or the two thousand tens? 
I'd say 80s because I'd say 80s, 80s is when Cold War started, when really we started Computers getting... just started yeah. being talked about rather than actually made because right. it started coming out in the 90s. Yeah, the 80s is kind of like when we did our, our technology industry kind of started to rise. Yeah. So, so that was like when it was all talked about, it was like, oh, well, we have a radio. It's like, a radio? <laughs> what is that? A microwave? What do you yeah. mean you can heat something up? Like, like, <laughs> that's possible? Like, like, how'd you get the guy inside of this? Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Willy Wonka's making a movie with a guy inside yeah. of one. Like, okay. That's yeah. a fantastic question. I really yeah. like I did. Yeah. I was actually pretty caught off guard right now. I know that had nothing to do with what you're talking about, but I just <laughs> Uh, something to think about that brings it back though yeah okay. dude so today we've talked a little bit about how he got his introduction to music we've talked about his alter ego and how he's really into airports and planes and traveling and maps and geography and we've talked a little bit about you know the dubstep drama that's going on in the world. he asked us a really insightful question i feel like we got to know a lot about you Pitney, well thank honestly. you thank you this was very fun yeah. glad i got to do this it's such this a is... pleasure to get the opportunity to interview someone as famous as you not Pitney. famous at all just, <laughs> just, i'm just living life every day and just trying to just be a good person and in between that so it's awesome that we're interviewing you because when me and cole first wanted to start this podcast we we're like dude we should do interviews and we're like Dude, we both thought we were like at the same thought. I remember we were in our garage. We were like, dude, we need to interview Anthony. Thank you. That's we awesome. Did. I was like, oh, I feel honored because this, this podcast, like, like I'm just gonna tell you guys straight up, like, I see you guys working really hard on this podcast, oh, yeah. and like all the marketing and the promotions you guys do is is really cool, and I and I, I really hope that this this takes off and, and does well. Thanks, so, man. Yeah. It's really a pleasure to have you. Anthony. Thank you. Yeah, we hope you come out another time. Hell yeah, I would I would love to. And let us know when the next show is. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Any anytime I got one around here, I mean. I mean, um, Cool and I just recently came back from um, doing a radio show at uh, KSJS. Yeah, yeah. So um, the guy that was there invited us back. So I mean, I'd really love to do that and be able to play some music around here. Hell yeah, definitely. Catch him on a radio broadcast. I'll play some trance. Yeah, play some trance again. Yeah, just kidding. Not playing it. Hell no, that'll never be broadcasted ever again. Is there anything you would like to leave the black and yellow fans with? To leave other than the question. Yeah, other than the question. Honestly, just if I could just say like how how you go about your day and like how you guys I know you know what you talk about you know um, just kind of go around and, and be as good a person as you can and, and look for look for good things in people and yeah yeah look for positivity because we have too much negative shit going on in this world we don't need anybody going around putting more negative in you know we need more people to, to bring others around to each other so I think that's that's what I like to broadcast to other people and if I can do that on the podcast that would be also cool. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> Respect, yeah. man. Yeah. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. That was a great podcast. We hope you guys catch the next one on history. Last thing a simple point you must hear. That cat got a million dollars over there. Let's say that cat buys you a beer. Question Is that cat still a millionaire? Most of these guys are acting like millionaires. We ain't giving up nothing for free. Why you gotta act like a millionaire? Why 
real cause it's on the real This shit ain't real And let me tell you the deal Artists are trapped in a fish tank to watch this And fucking frauds can't make a move without permission I object to the fact that it happened with fans Who's the man? Me, so I gotta take a stand Putting these fake crystal ice man tight girlies with nice smiles Sure exposed now No one can deny these facts are spitting Most of the shit you see in a video is written At the end of the day, no money, it ain't funny In debt slave artists don't make no money I expose with lyrics that rip and tear So I'm really kind of pissed about this. I'm calling 